Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Rotowire podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. I'm your host, Joe P. Zapia, and with me, as always, every Friday, back fresh from Colorado, is Johnny McKechnie. What's up, John? How you doing? Oh, you know I'm doing. I'm doing good. You know, it's uh, uh, 4th of July weekend, so we're getting pumped for that. We've got a company outing to a uh, baseball game tonight, none other than the Northwoods League, Madison Mallards. Uh, so, obviously, big ticket game. Clearly, uh, I forget who we're playing. Probably someone from Eau Claire, Wisconsin, or something. But uh, let's go, Mallards. There you go. There's not enough great minor. I mean, honestly, minor league baseball just and, and independent league baseball just for the names of some of the teams alone is just just awesome. Yeah, the, like, they basically just have an area called the Duck Blind, and it's basically just free beer if you pay thirty dollars or something. So I think that's that's pretty much what the company has lined up for us. Now, that's a concept I can get behind. All right, let's get over to the Friday slate. Let's start with the pitchers as we always do. Top of the board is Jacob deGrom. He's at home against the Phillies, but he's $12,000. Now, I know deGrom this year showed a better strikeout rate than years past. I know he's going against a rookie who probably isn't very long for this game, potentially. And I understand that deGrom's had three straight 52-point starts. And that is nothing to shy away from. But are we at the point where Jacob DeGrom is now a 12K pitcher and we feel good about it? I don't think so. I, you know, his numbers have been so strong, you know, particularly at home. And like you said, that, that recent tear that he's been on where he's gone, you know, A-plus innings in each of his last three starts, 276 ERA at home, um, going against a Phillies team that, that does strike out a fair bit. Um, but it's just like I'm not. Exp- I, I'm only paying twelve thousand if I have Kershaw or Scherzer at this point. So it's hard for me to justify Degrom when there are some other really viable options for a lot cheaper. I think that tonight I want to. I want to get some exposure to that to that Diamondbacks uh, Rockies game. I want to get exposure to the Indians game, uh, and I, I think that going the Degrom route kind of uh, limits your exposure to those outings. Now, you mentioned that Arizona game, and Robbie Ray is on the other side of that matchup, but we all know home and road 
has been a very different Robbie Ray this year. We got a 4.47 ERA at home for Ray and 1.32 on the road. I understand the strikeout potential is there, but do you think the ERA scares enough people away where Robbie Ray becomes an intriguing choice? Or is it the opposite there? You just say, look, you know, he's just not been the same guy, kind of like Jimmy Nelson, the home road splits are enough to make you shy away from him when you see the negative. I mean, I think that most people will will see that home road split and, and see how much worse he's been at home and then also uh, consider consider the Rockies and say to themselves, you know, I don't want any part of the pitching in this game. And that, that's definitely understandable. But the Rockies, I don't know what's happened to them, but they've just hit the skids. They're bottom five and waited on base over the last two weeks. Obviously, it's not a huge uh, sample size by any means. And that, that's a lineup that can, you know, get its, get its act together at any time, especially in, in a really – hitter-friendly ballpark like that. But I think the low ownership does really kind of intrigue me on Robbie Ray tonight. I, I'm not uh, not completely sold on, on going going heavily uh, with him in my lineups, but I think that there there is uh, some ups, tournament upside for him uh, just because people are going to be scared off by the, the splits and the, and the opponent. Now, Johnny Cueto's also had some bad numbers on the road, but he's had some great numbers against the Pirates in the past. So I think, to me, there's a tiebreaker there where I'll go with the track record of him against that team. The other guy to talk about tonight from a cash game perspective, although he'll probably be very chalk, will be Alex Wood against the Padres, which is a team that strikes out a ton, and Wood's been getting the strikeouts. He really looks like uh, the Alex Wood that we all were hoping for a couple years ago now that he's healthy. And, you know, for $2,000 less than DeGrom, it seems like a pretty good investment in cash games. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you there. I mean, he's a, he's just a lefty that's been that's been killing it, completely living up to his potential. Uh, like you said, the Padres uh, they they fan all the time. I'm third in the third in the league uh, in strikeouts over the last two weeks. Uh, you know, striking out 26 percent of the time. So that that definitely uh, boosts up the the probability of Wood going for double digit strikeouts. Obviously, uh, pitching at Petco also uh, never a bad thing. Uh, and you know the Dodgers. The Dodgers are going to give him some some runs, uh, run support behind him. So uh, Wood would probably be the the best cash game pitcher out of the out of like the top, you know, four. Because you know once you go down below Ray, you get McCullers at ninety five hundred. And uh, even though the Yankees are scuffling right now and that they're banged up kind of across the board, uh, I still have a hard time justifying uh, using using a pitcher against that Yankees lineup. Well, I'll tell you what, Jacob Fari is one of, one of these guys who's been, I still say, flying under the radar to a large extent. Uh, he's been outstanding in his first four appearances this year for the uh, big club in Tampa. He's got four quality starts and four tries. The strikeout rate's been strong. Now, this is his second go-around against Baltimore, and this time it's in Camden Yards. And I guess my question is, are you buying into Faria or are you buying into the say, okay, this is the second time this team is seeing him. Does that scare you off a little bit at 8,400? Yeah, I think you bring up a good point that that the uh, the exposure, uh, you know, because you and I have talked about uh, going after pitchers that that the book isn't quite out on them yet uh, this season. But you know that can that can definitely change the second time around. And uh, Baltimore tonight, I think the wind is going to be blowing blowing out um, pretty much to all fields, uh, like fifteen miles an hour or something like that. So that you know, if if the ball goes in the air, you know, he's got the chance of unfortunately giving up a home run there. So. Uh, same goes for Bundy, who's given up home runs, and I think uh, each of his last five starts, I think he gave up two to the Rays uh, last time out in in his own right. So uh, the, the pitching is not what I'm going after in this game. I'm probably uh, going after some hitters if I'm getting any exposure to this game. But uh, I do like Faria in general, and and, and moving moving forward, uh, you know his strikeout rates, especially in the minors, 
Uh, earlier this year, he's getting like 13 strikeouts per nine or something like that for a while. Uh, so I trust the stuff there. It's just I'm not sure I'm going uh, that route tonight. All right, let's chat about the uh, Kansas City-Minnesota game here because Jason Vargas on one end, Santana on the other. We know Santana's either great or awful. There's been very little in between. Right. And Jason Vargas, you know, the knock on him is the strikeout rate is low and he's very win-dependent. Well, that's terrific, except in his last six starts, he's got six wins. So <laughs> when, you, when you go into the seventh inning with some sort of regularity, you're giving yourself a much better opportunity for that. So I guess here, if you're, if you're going on a, on a tournament basis, right, and you've got to pick one of these guys, do you go with Santana or do you go with the home start for Vargas and considering his efficiency factor that he's been brought to basically the entire season to the Royal staff? I'd probably give the give the slight lean to to Big Irv, and I know he's uh, he's burned uh, both of us at different times this year. But uh, on the road, he's he's really been just uh, pretty lights out overall. I think his ERA is um, you know in the low twos or something on the road, um, so that that gives me you know some hope. And then he obviously has a ton of experience. Uh, having pitched in the AL Central, having pitched at, at Kaufman as his home field uh, before, you know, he's comfortable pitching there. Uh, I think he got sent there a day early because of weather stuff uh, with Minnesota's other series. Um, I think that I, I give him the lean because uh, I think that the offense behind him is a little bit better than, than what Vargas is working with, even though the, the Royals have kind of come back from the dead offensively. Uh, hundred dollar difference but so it's kind of a coin flip I think both of them will be fine uh but I I like Irvin Santana's uh chances a little bit more tonight all right now there's one last guy I'm gonna throw out there and it's a complete multi-entry tournament kind of a play and it's Sonny Gray 8300 why Sonny Gray well because there's chances and nights where Sonny Gray is a 40 point plus pitcher on FanDuel scoring and there's nights where he does drop big time strikeouts and there's also nights where look I'll be frank he sucks yeah all right but you know what you look at the matchup, he's going at home against Atlanta. I think this is a good opportunity for him. Fulton Evich is a nice pitcher and all, but I think with Atlanta, especially with Matt Adams banged up as of yesterday, with no Freddie Freeman in that lineup, I think this is a real opportunity here. 8,300, Sonny Gray in tournament play. I'm telling you right now, I mean, if I don't want it to be my only tournament play lineup, but I'm willing to throw Sonny Gray 8,300 out there. All right, let's go over to the catcher spots here. Uh, at the catcher position, you see usual suspects, as we always know, at the top of the scoring spectrum in terms of salary, Gary Sanchez, 3,800, but a tough matchup against McCullers. Sal Perez, who I continue to harp on, who's you know fluctuating somewhere between 2,900 and 3,300. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know a guy with power, and I, you know, I keep going back and forth every week with these catchers, and I, I keep landing on the same couple because that's just where I feel confident. Uh, Alex Avila is another one that's been in play quite a bit for us, uh, a bit cheaper with 3,100 at home against Cleveland. Where are you looking for for catcher tonight? Uh, I think, you know, like you said, the, the usual suspects are, are, you know, just kind of the guys that, that have reliably paid off for us. You know, we, we have, uh, you know, we've cut cut ties with our Jonathan Lucroy fan, fandom. We you tried. Know, we, we did our best, We, 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 we really did. Tried. You know, all sorts, all sorts of chicken sacrifices and nothing, nothing could get it right with that guy. So uh, we're off of him. But if – so, you know, beyond the guys that you named around the 3000 price tag, you got Zanino, who's been struggling a little bit, but you know he has uh, that upside. So for a tournament at 2600 against uh, the Angels, I like that. And then on the other side, um, uh, Martin Maldonado, 
uh, he's been actually playing pretty well of late. He's been like, like a top 20 catcher this past month, which, you know, not extremely exciting considering just the crop of catchers right now. But uh, 2,500 has really good numbers against left-handed pitching, and that's what he's going to be going up against uh, tonight. And then Devin Masarocco, uh top 10 catcher in terms of weighted on base over the last month and gets one of the kind of weaker links in that in that Cubs rotation, and it's going to be out at Great American Ballpark. So I think that those, those are – you know, beyond the the names that usually stand out for us, those would be the guys that I'd consider uh, if you're sort of punting at catcher. All right. Now, on yesterday's podcast, DVR and I uh, were talking about the first baseman, and I was very much on the, I want to pay 4100 for Joey Votto. I don't care what I have to do to the rest of my lineup. I want Joey <laughs> Votto. That worked out for sure yesterday. Oh, yeah. Uh, but let's Me talk too. about <laughs> let's talk about some of the other guys out there. Uh, maybe there's a guy over uh, in Toronto – with Kendrick Morales, who is uh, kind of flying under the radar and has a nice matchup against Doug Fister tonight. Yeah, he has really good history against Doug Fister. And, you, you know, usually like batter versus pitcher isn't the first thing I'll look at. But, um, you know, it's something to consider when it, when, it, when it is significant. And he's faced Doug Fister enough over the course of his career to where, uh, you know, there, there's some bankability to, to what he's done there. Uh, three home runs in, in 22 of his at-bats against Fister. Fister's just making his second start. He just kind of got off the couch and started pitching for the Red Sox recently. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm not expecting him to be particularly sharp. Uh, so Morales, if you want to go, you know, the cheaper end of, of uh, your first baseman, you, you want to avoid the uh, Goldschmidt, Rizzo's, Vados of the world for whatever reason um, and, you know, load up elsewhere, I think you could do a lot worse uh, than Kendry's at 3,300. I also think that uh, Edwin Encarnacion at 3,600 is pretty, kind of underpriced uh, for – you know, just for the park factor and, and the matchup there uh, out in Detroit, uh, the, the ball's been flying out of there all week. And uh, holy crap, it's Anvil Sanchez. So, mm. uh, you know, that that's kind of hard for me to ignore. Yeah, I, it's hard for all of us to ignore, too. What about the other side of that one with Miguel Cabrera? Same game against Tomlin with the same wind. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that a lot. The the Tigers, I, I caught a, a good bit of that series that they were playing this week uh, against the Royals. And the, like I said, the ball was really flying out, especially to left field. Uh, Miggy isn't quite just as, like a dead pull hitter. I mean, he never really has been, but he's putting it out to right a little bit more, which I think makes him a little bit more of like a fly out risk than, than an Encarnacion. Um, on the other side of that one, and he's he's $400 more expensive. So I'd give the lean to Encarnacion based on value and, and just the, the home run probability. But, I mean, I certainly couldn't blame anyone for going uh, with Cabrera, especially since it looks like he's kind of uh, starting to get right at the plate. It looks like his back isn't bothering him as much as it was a few weeks ago. So both first basemen definitely in play for this one. All right, Chris Bryant's ankle is bothering him, so he's out of commission here at third base. They got to take him out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Jose Ramirez, the guy we've been talking about for a while now, the guy's been red hot. Obviously, got to pay for that kind of action. But as you continue to go down here, uh, we got our favorite guy. It seems like every Friday we always <laughs> go to our boy Jake Lamb. It seems like every Friday he seems to be at home against a righty. But this is no slouch righty. This is John Gray, who has you know. Basically, it's we've been waiting for John Gray to see you know the John Gray that we drafted in season long leagues, but right. we're finally getting to see him here at the end of June. Does John Gray and the strikeout potential of him scare you off from Lamb tonight at thirty eight hundred, or is it still same old Friday? Still always Lamb is available. Yeah, I think I, I go the you know with the latter of those two options. Lamb is always on the menu on Fridays, and you know the the lefty righty split. Um, always appealing and then like you said you know John Gray is is the best pitcher that the Rockies have but I believe this is his first start back uh since that toe injury that that you know 
started in spring training and then, you know, uh, popped back up uh, after just a few starts this season. So I, I'm not sure that uh, getting kind of thrown to the wolves out in Arizona uh, against that Diamondbacks lineup that that is, um, you know, pretty much the, the best offense in baseball when it comes to playing at their home park. Uh, so you're going to get Lamb. Uh, hitting cleanup against against John Gray, making his first start back. Uh, I I give Lamb the edge there over over John Gray, and you know considering who else is is up priced above him, uh, all fine options. But it feels like Lamb is a steal relatively, so I'm, I'm going with him. Yeah, and good matchup here at 2700 uh, left-handed bat. Went yard last night. Kyle Seager, who's had kind of a quiet season, but the the power numbers have been okay. He's got Parker Bridwell. Uh, he's in Los Angeles there. I, I think Seager's one of these guys that's a very streaky hitter, and when he gets on, he's on. And if he is locked in at all and tomorrow – excuse me, last night was an indication of him starting to get hot. I think that's a guy, 2,700, that's a very responsible, nearly punt play. I don't know if Andahar is going to be in the lineup against McCullers, but I don't think I want any piece of that. As you continue to go right. down that road, I think that's the one where I go, okay, Seager at 27, I can stomach that. I don't like Franco – uh, against no. Jacob DeGrom. That's not a way we want to go. What about our, our boy, Wilmer Flores? I know it's not a lefty, it's a righty, but if Wilmer Flores should be in the lineup tonight, possibly, the Mets are kind of banged up, would you go with him against the rookie or still 2,700, save 200 more, get a little bit more maybe with Kyle Seeger? Yeah, it seems like the like the Mets in general are, are showing a bit of a pulse and, and Flores has certainly uh, been a part of that. And this year, he's he's been more of a complete hitter. It hasn't he just has. been one of those years where where you know if he's not going a lefty, then you're not even considering him. You know his numbers are relatively comparable uh, in terms of bat, in terms of ratios, uh, lefty versus righty. I mean OPS actually better against right-handed pitching, and he, and more more of his power actually has come uh, against righties. And uh, I believe the wind is going to be blowing out to left there, so I think that Flores is kind of an intriguing option there. I, I sort of just talked myself into it a little bit more than I thought I would, but. Yeah, against against the rookie too. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that uh, potential a lot at thirty nine hundred. All right, over to or over to second base. There's another guy too floating around twenty five hundred that I want to talk about, and that's Javier Baez. Should he be in the lineup tonight in Cincinnati? This is a guy with power. Uh, I'm not sure how this is all going to shake out here with Chris Bryant, who's going to be in the lineup and out of the lineup. Is Joe Madden? So you know, if you're not prepared right. to pay attention to the lineup and who's hitting where, what night, who's <laughs> playing, then you need to stay away from them. But Considering the matchup here, considering we're in Cincinnati, which is one of my favorite offenses to always target whenever both of those guys are at home there, in terms of Cincinnati, wherever the home uh, the, the road team is, I think mm-hmm. Baez, if he's around, is another one of these responsible punts. And it seems like there's a bunch of them tonight due to injuries to other big players, where I think that there's some opportunity here to not just you know throw away money on a cheap guy, but really you're making a, a decent, responsible investment here in some of them. Yeah, I love the I love the phrase uh, "responsible punt." I, th- I think we got to coin that officially because it. No, you that, like that? That is what it feels. I do. I'm a big fan. Well, and because like there's you said, people who like to do that, and then they, you know, they'll throw it away on somebody who just makes no sense. You know, just just because he's in the lineup doesn't, you know, to 2200. Yeah, I understand. He's only got to do a little bit to go 3x value, right? But. I mean, let's let's be honest here. Let's try to be a little bit more responsible for yeah. what we're doing here. Yeah, you're not going to win. Uh, you're you're not going to like cash hard if if you know like you, your value guy g- gives you three times value and that's six point two points. You know that that that's really kind of a huge minus. And obviously, Baez uh, offers a lot more potential than that. Uh, uh, 
you know, in that same price tier, I think Jonathan VR at 2,500. I think he mm. went yard twice last he night. Did. So it look, he looks did like indeed. he's, he's back and he's ready. And, uh, Miller park, always a good place to, to hit. Um, I want to ask you, why is Brandon Drury at 2,500 at home? Well, I guess they get to a certain point with Brandon Drury where, uh, you know, I'm trying to think about it. I mean, honestly, I don't know if I have a good reason. Perhaps he's another guy we could put into the responsible punt category because I don't know if I have a good answer of why he's quite so cheap. Drury is a player I think people were high on in season-long leagues coming into it. The only thing I can think of is a tough righty, hard-throwing righty, uh, and John Gray. And I don't think – Against a guy like Gray, he has the upside against, let's say, a guy like a Ben Lively with the Phillies. You know what I mean? Like that sure. kind of matchup where I can see that's why. And maybe they're giving a little bit too much credit to John Gray at this stage in the season. But mm-hmm. I love the other one. You, you nailed Villar, too. That's another guy that's got power and speed, potentially. Now, I don't know if this is the turnaround one good game. I feel like this has been a, kind of the running gag here with a lot of these guys <laughs> where you think they're going to get going. They have one huge game, and then they – basically just fall off the map again. Is there a second baseman that's worth paying up for in your mind today? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, let's you see. You got here. the Altuve at 3,900 against Pineda. Uh, Murphy's 4,100 in St. Louis. And then you got Robinson Cano, who at 3,600 is kind of in that middle tier salary. It's not quite all the way to the top of the board, not quite the value of some of the other guys we talked about, but I mean, Robinson Cano certainly against the righty Parker Bridwell. I mean, who's Parker Bridwell? I'm sorry. I'm not buying the whole three ERA of Parker Bridwell right now. Yeah, he was, a, he was an Orioles cast-off, I believe, if that tells you anything. I mean, well, hey, sometimes the last that Orioles works. cast-off was Jake Arrieta, so let's not, uh, let's not disparage there, there's, that. There's some Zach Davies thrown in there, too. I mean, with, they, they don't screw it up every time, just like nine times out of ten. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Cano, Cano 3,600. I mean, anytime he's like under 38, you, he has to be at least like – in a few of your lineups, I feel like. And he had a monster week uh, this past week. I think he had uh, like 10 RBI over the last seven days or something like that. So uh, I think that Bridwell doesn't really stand much of a chance against him, you know, and he's hitting high in the order, obviously. Um, I pr- I probably give him a lean over, over skirt, certainly like a Scooter Jeanette. Uh, Daniel Murphy with Trey Turner, not, you know, not going to be on base in front of him. Uh, I think that limits some of his RBI value. Um, and Altuve, uh, kind of a tough matchup against Pineda. I, I still like Altuve to produce tonight, but Cano feels like a really nice, uh, you know, mix of of paying up a little bit, but but also expecting a really high floor with potential to you know get into the 30s or something. All right, time to continue the responsible punt plays of Friday. <laughs> Stephen True, 2400, playing for Trey Turner, who's going to be missing some significant time here. He's got a good lefty-righty matchup against Mike Leake. Mike Leake's had a good season, but it's still Mike Leake. I'm not afraid of Mike Leake. I'm not scared of you, Mike Leake. Hear me? <laughs> I'm not afraid of you. Uh, Stephen Drew, 2400. Now, this is a guy I can easily see going three times value at 2400 in this matchup tonight. And now I'm not saying I'm going to use Stephen Drew all the time, but right now, especially before any prices get raised on him after the injury of Turner and we see where Drew's hitting in the lineup. I'm not exactly sure where that's going to be tonight, but Mm -hmm. I think that's another one you can chalk up to. You might be able to get away with an Alex Wood in a cat in a tournament tonight. I'm telling you right now with some of these guys that we're naming out there, if you can put drew and, and Baez or, or drew and Villar in the middle infield, you can go pay up for a big time pitcher. And I think you have not put yourself out in offense. Absolutely not. And, and, you know, uh, Second, or, uh, sorry, shortstop is kind of a wasteland. Uh, once you get past uh, maybe maybe three thousand, maybe maybe Anderson Simmons at twenty nine hundred uh, coming off the 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 rest day. 
um, draws a little bit of consideration against a lefty, but um, yeah, it, it really is a wasteland. Um, yeah, and Seager's against a lefty area. tonight too, and that's mm-hmm. another not favorable matchup. Still not sold that he's like you know a hundred hundred percent. You know they they pulled him out of the game last night as a, mm-hmm. as a precaution once they got the big lead. So you know he's probably still just. He's, I assume he's going to play. It's just I, I'm not sure that we're we're going to get the Seager that that you want at thirty nine hundred. Um, so I think going cheap. Uh, at shortstop would be the play tonight. I think Chris Owings. You know, I keep harping on the on the Diamondbacks. It, it's it's really no, a Owings of, is a good do you, one too. Do, do you trust? Do you trust that the Diamondbacks are going to produce against John Gray? I personally do. So I think Owings makes some sense. But if you want to go down beneath that, I love the Drew call. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna take me a <laughs> a lot of convincing to get me off of Stephen Drew today. I just I just don't I don't see it. I'll tell you the other guy who's been playing better of late is Orlando Arcia at twenty five hundred. That's another one who in the lineup playing that would certainly be an intriguing option to me uh, as you continue to go down that road. But, you know, he's right around that same price. If you're trying to go in the middle, uh, you know, you mentioned Owings. Andrews is another guy that's potentially in that middle tier as well. I, I don't know. I, I kind of agree with you that shortstop is difficult because then you can make the argument for a guy like Addison Russell in Cincinnati depending on where he's hitting in the lineup as well, if you want to go with that stack mm-hmm. and add him into it. If you're going Cub stack, I can understand, okay, I want, oh, I'll put Addison Russell into that grouping. Again, this is all in air quotes, depending on where, what the lineup looks like, because I have no idea what that Cubs lineup is going to look like tonight. And my problem is at 2,800, I don't necessarily feel as good of, about his floor or better about his floor than I do a guy like Steven Drew. So I think you've got to make some hard decisions there tonight when you're looking at shortstop. All right, uh, baseball is here, and don't get stranded out on first base without a RotoWire subscription. And don't miss out on this great offer. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today, and you'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Go to FanDuel.com slash RotoWire to claim it. You must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible, and users may only establish one account on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash RotoWire. On to the outfield. Let's talk about some of the big boys at first, the top of the board. Anybody on this high-end outfield budget spectrum, and we talked about a cheap third base, shortstop, second base. Aaron Judge has got McCullers. Is Bryce Harper more appealing against Mike Leake, the righty? Uh, Is Corey Dickerson uh, against Dylan Bundy the way you'd want to go in Baltimore? Who are the high-priced outfielders that catch your eye tonight? Yeah, I mean, it's really, uh, you know, every week the top, or every day really, that we get, you know, insane uh, options here at the top as far as your uh, your outfielders are concerned. 5000 for Judge is is just so much, though. I mean, that, that's that's pretty much, yeah, I agree. you know, what, what I'd pay uh, for, for like, Bryce Harper or Aaron Judge at, at, at Coors Field. But, but, and obviously, he can pretty much just hit a pop fly and it lands in, in the Crawford boxes in Houston. Uh, but that's still just uh, kind of like DeGrom tonight. Like, I know that he's good, but it, it just really, really pinches you uh, for the rest of your lineup. So I think a guy like Corey Dickerson hitting high in the lineup uh, against Bundy, who who is shown to be a little bit more home run prone that, than he was earlier in the season as the weather has started to heat up a little bit. And, you know, Dickerson, obviously, uh, a ton of power from the left side. So there, there's a platoon advantage there. Um, Giancarlo Stanton at 4,000 yeah. in, uh, in Milwaukee. I, I really like that a lot. Uh, I and put Bron- him and Ozuna together, to tell you the truth, at 36. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Matt Garza, let's it makes do a it. ton of sense. Do it up. Two big boys in the middle of that order hitting back to back, and I want the home runs. And Milwaukee's just a place to give them up. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to just go rich in the outfield, and it, 
go go with the, that combo and then go Braun, who just homered twice in a row mm-hmm. out in Cincinnati. So another like he, guy we back. talked about <laughs> yesterday, DVR and I. I mean, you know, I, I I hope people were listening because if you did, we won you a lot of money. Also, righty lefty matchup. If you want to get into that Cincinnati business, Mike Montgomery, probably another guy not going to last very long in that game. You're going to get into the underbelly of the bullpens mm-hmm. here in this one. Uh, Duvall, another guy, gives you a lot of power. I think that's a good one. It's great tonight because the outfield is a the outfielders I want. Are on the higher end of the spectrum the infielders i want are on the lower end of the spectrum and that's a good thing that's a good combination you don't always get that but i think the slate is pretty much opening itself up to you and saying please please spend money let's talk about curtis granderson yes. another guy who's been on yes. fire lately holy crap can anything stop curtis granderson mckechnie uh only if someone takes away uh his ability to drink a case of water i, th- I think that's pretty much the only way that because that yeah he's like famously just chugging water constantly so uh it's important unless, to stay hydrated uh, it's important to stay hydrated. indeed especially you know this time of the year of course but um yeah i mean the, the him going against a rookie with the way that he's going right now uh you know he's really kind of been that been behind the the mets pseudo resurgence uh lately so i'm um, definitely in on granderson even though he is you know you're not getting him kind of like robbing the bank there at like 28 2700 anymore you, oh, you gotta pay a little bit pretty responsible. still pretty good yeah hey, absolutely look, we're talking about the last what, seven games or so here 31 27 15 15 33 18 28 15 i mean he's Dear gone Lord. he's gone five times value in every game at minimum in the last week and i mean that's and he's got a matchup tonight against, a, a, I think, a very hittable young pitcher in Ben Lively who's not overpowering, not a big strikeout tool kind of guy. So Granderson has every opportunity to keep that train going. I'm, I'm Yep, totally with you there. So, uh, you know, if he's – yeah, I, I would say that he's our guy. If, if you're going, you know, b- below that, that upper echelon, you know, 3,800 and above, then uh, you could do a, a lot worse than Granderson. I like him uh, a lot more than Peralta. I like him more than Trumbo. I like him more than Lorenzo Cain. All those guys uh, are priced in that same boat. Yeah, I think he's the, the best of that middle tier. Once you go down from Ozuna, that's probably the best option there. All right, we talked about Keon Broxton, another guy in the, in the last pod uh, who was underpriced. Uh, who else is underpriced for you right now in terms of matchup and in terms of spots in the outfit where you continue to go, let's say, underneath the Granderson price and looking for a little savings if you do want to go up and pay for a stand? Um, you know, get, going back a little bit to, the, uh, to that – Indians Detroit game. I, I feel like Michael Brantley, who who is thirty five hundred as well. Uh, if if he's in and Bradley Zimmer, uh, you know you get that outfield pairing. I know they don't hit in the exact same uh, part of the lineup, but they do have different things to offer. Uh, Zimmer's got you know really surprisingly excellent speed for for a guy that's built like that. Um, so you know you get stolen base potential in addition to the power potential with the with the wind blowing out. So I like him a fair bit. Uh, Keon, yeah, he's he's been a guy that's been. been producing consistently i think malik smith at 2800 is a trap uh not going after that he's been he's been ice cold of late um maybe a brian goodwin at at 2700 i imagine that that he'll be uh, back in the lineup but i'm not completely enamored with that um so yeah those are sort of my my options i think zimmer at 2800 would probably be my favorite of of like the sub 3000 guys him and broxton all right, you can follow him on Twitter at Johnny McEx. You can follow me at Joe Pisa PS17. For everybody here at Roadwire, have a great night at Daily Fantasy.